Well, welcome to the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrodsburg Baptist Church. My name is David Carpenter, and I am our student pastor here at HBC. And I am joined by a friend of mine, someone that I admire, and someone who I am thankful for their influence on my life. Uh, This is the Associate Professor of Theology and Pastoral Ministry and the Director of the Chapel at Campbellsville University here in Harrodsburg, uh, Dr. Tommy Valentine. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, David. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate you asking me. uh, Dr. Valentine, today we are looking at the 22nd Psalm. Uh, So if if you're reading along with us at home, uh, you can turn in your Bible. Uh, Dr. Valentine is just going to read for us a couple verses in the first uh, part of that 22nd Psalm. And then we're also going to be looking in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 27, and uh, second week in our series here on Jesus in the Psalms and seeing the impact of Scripture, uh, not only in the New Testament, but in our own lives and uh, seeing the beauty of God's plan through creation. So if you'll start us off by reading that 22nd Psalm. So Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. In your ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out, and they were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm, and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me, they hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. And, of course, this psalm here of David is written um, from a a place of anguish, of frustration, of sorrow and hurt. And uh, we're going to now turn transition to uh, Matthew chapter 27. And this is uh, Jesus's words from the cross. And uh, I think that, that you'll see the immediate connection in these, and then we can discuss it some more. But this is Matthew chapter 27, verse number 45. Now... From the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lima sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And and one of them at once ran and took a sponge and filled it with sour wine. They put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come and save him. Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielding up his spirit. Behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So, Dr. V, as I call you, Dr. Valentine, we are looking at this series, Jesus in the Psalms. And um, I think that for even someone who maybe doesn't consider themselves a a Bible scholar, you will quickly see the connection between Psalm chapter 22 and Matthew chapter 27. Uh, Jesus here on the cross is quoting this Psalm. So I think that to begin with, 
we can um, glean, of course, as Christians, our aim, our focus is always to to imitate Jesus right, right. and to to point our lives kind of in 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 the compass and the direction of His. So I think that. I, th- I think that there is value if we begin our discussion today to look at this 22nd Psalm and to maybe gain some understanding from what's happening here and uh, who is speaking and uh, their words. So you read a, f- a few moments ago, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groanings? Oh my God, I cry by day and you do not answer by night, but I find no rest yet. You are holy. Yeah, it's it's an interesting psalm, David. I ran across a a, a devotional book that I use. Uh, the the devotion writer takes the psalms and rewrites them a little mm-hmm. bit, and and I like what he says uh, using chapter twenty two. And he he writes, "Oh God, why have you left me? Why are you so far from me? I can no longer feel you near. I reach desperately for you, but I." cannot find you and you and you feel the despair of the psalmist in this case David um, in searching and reaching out for God and um, uh, you certainly feel the humanity yeah. of David that that he's in a place in his life where um, you know we might say he, he feels like he's hit bottom yeah where, where do I turn to now yeah and, um, and and the place he's always turned to is God and and for whatever reason, it it feels that God is is not there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think in the psalm that that that's the case that that God is absent from David. I, I think the the circumstances and the situation, um, and, and we all face this, um, make David feel that you know I, I can't find God. Yeah, I can't see him. Uh, sometimes they they become a veil to us yeah. and, and hide God from us. And, and we have to uh, kind of sift through the cloud, if you will. Yeah. I think certainly, I think that that is something that um, each of us at different points in our life will, will encounter moments where, you know, we know by faith that God is present, but the challenge of sensing and feeling his presence um by by circumstance or situation that we find ourselves in um, through difficulty and struggle, uh, th- that can be a challenge. Um, and I think that, you know, conversely, it, it's encouraging to know that even Jesus in this moment on the cross where in, in, in this, this, this awful, horrific, brutal uh, execution that he's experiencing, not only is the physical pain that he has endured being placed on him, but for the first time in all of eternity, Jesus is feeling the weight of sin. Now, of course, we know that Jesus had not sinned, right? but our right. sin was placed on him. And Jesus feels what, what we feel when our sin has separated us from God. Right. When our sin has become that barrier, that weight, the weight of shame and guilt. Shame and guilt are things in our lives that are, are produced by our sin nature. Jesus had never felt shame, not just in his 30 plus years of living on this earth, but in all of, of history and beyond to eternity. Jesus had never felt guilt or shame. And now that is being placed on him. Right. And, and, and Matthew and his gospel and telling that story echo so much of, 
of those few verses we read from Psalm 22, yeah. um, even the the uh, humiliation being shouted out, yeah. uh, not only to David in this in the psalm, but also to Jesus yeah. uh, on the cross, as they say, you know, he saved himself, or uh, he saved others, let him save himself, and yeah. uh, Jesus experiences that. I think one of the one of the great difficulties for us is. Um, trying to understand how could it be that Jesus, who is the Son of God, um, who who always was with God, uh, feel that God is is no longer there, and, and that's the struggle for us, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, and you're right, um, Jesus takes the sin upon him, and, and there's that part of us that says God cannot look at sin, right. and so so we think about God turning his back and Jesus feeling something so that we never have to feel that. Yeah. Um, and, and yet, you know, part of me wants to say, uh, you know, there's just such despair in the words of Jesus, such, yeah. such loneliness. And, and um, uh, Matthew certainly wants to connect Jesus as uh, the son of David. Yeah. And to make that connection to this psalm um, is a beautiful way for him to do that. Yeah, and... Um, <clears throat> something that I've used as a, a resource in, in studying, especially the, the crucifixion and, and kind of the story of Jesus is a book that, um, is, is fairly old, but, uh, it's a book that, that is entitled the day Christ died. And it's, it's a, a book that takes what we know as true from the Bible and, and tries to fill in the details, not in a, an attempt to, to fictionalize or dramatize right. the, the death of Jesus, but for maybe us to understand in more of a linear format, uh, the day that, that Jesus, uh, the, uh, died on the cross. And, uh, this is a, a passage from, from it. It says this, uh, it says the, the Galilean was close to death for a time. He hung down in the vision of his loved ones in the wall of the city and the high priest dim before his eyes, the dusk deepened and Jesus felt the chill shock of the imminence of death. He struggled valiantly for another breath and pulled himself up on his wrist to stop his vision of the world from fading. When he reached the top, he panted and looked again at the world of men. Eli, Eli, he cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The voice was so loud that some of the spectators thought that he had called Elias the prophet. This man is calling for Elias, one said in wonderment. Another said, let us see whether Elias is coming to help him. Jesus had not called the prophet. He called his father. And in his agony, which he had not reached the point where the human nervous system will refuse to accept anymore, and it short circuits itself into unconsciousness, Jesus prayed these words of the psalm. So we see that Jesus in this moment of anguish, spiritually, physically, emotionally, at at quite literally his wit's end, Jesus does something really uh, amazing. He has the clarity to not only fulfill prophecy, right? but Jesus has the clarity to turn to God's word and to find comfort and peace and strength in what David had written thousands of years before. Jesus turns to that right. and relies on that. Right. And rest on that. And I think there's something beautiful and powerful and, and encouraging for us here looking back on Jesus uh, in, in that. Uh, there really is, David. And, and, and as you uh, think about the 22nd Psalm, if you we were to read the whole thing, um, we would find that 
the despair that's at the beginning actually ends in triumph yeah. in, in the psalm. And in Matthew's gospel, these are the last words Jesus speaks from yeah. the cross and the last words he speaks on earth until uh, after the resurrection. And, um, and we wonder where, where is the, uh, where, where is the, the victory there? Of course, yeah. we, we know the victory is the resurrection. But I, I think on another note, what Jesus does so well in his life is he, he takes the Old Testament in fulfilling it and transforms it yeah. uh, such a, in such a beautiful way and, and reminds us that even in our, even in our doubt, and even in our deepest despair, um, God, God is is with us. Yeah, and um, and, and that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. Certainly, and and I think that you know something that I, I constantly remind people, and it really transformed my understanding of God's word, is when we look to God's word, you know, we look at individual pieces of it, sure, but really all of God's word should be considered in the context of the entirety of God's word. Right. In that we believe that from Genesis to Revelation, the story of the Bible is one story. It's Jesus, our redeemer, fulfilling God's promise and his prophecy. And I think that sometimes it's just beautiful to look at God's word and, and you know, to affirm the completion of, of Jesus's death, burial and resurrection in, in the Old Testament, right. you know, you were talking about the remainder of, of Psalm 22 and you didn't read these verses earlier, but Psalm 22, 16 for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them for my clothing. They cast lots. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. We often talk about maybe the, the prophets at the end of, of the Old Testament, Isaiah and Jeremiah and how Jesus did fulfill those prophecies. And, and of course he did. And that's wonderful. We celebrate that. But here, even in the Psalms, in what, what David was not writing necessarily to be, you know, prophetic, but underneath God's influence and underneath the spirit of God, David writes these words that would fulfill like fully, uh, uh, um, prophesy Jesus's experience, not only in, on the cross, but right. leading up to his death. And uh, there's beauty in that. There is, and it's a reminder that, you know, we we really, as, as followers of God, need to take the time to to know the Word of God, yeah. not just know bits and pieces yeah. or or this is my favorite verse, but but to see how it's all connected from the beginning to end. It's it's not disconnected. Sometimes we think about the God of the Old Testament as a God of judge judgment, and God of the New Testament as God of grace, but 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 I think you see that grace running throughout the story, yeah. and I, and I think you're right. You you look at the whole Bible as, as the story of God revealing God's self, yeah, um, really through Jesus to yeah. us. And I I think that that there is there is beauty in that, and there's encouragement in that because you know maybe um, you listening to this find yourself in a season where these words of the twenty second Psalm uh, connect to you. I know that there have been times in my life where I have felt disconnected from God or, or that God was far off or perhaps not hearing me or, 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 or frustrated in, in my attempt to, to follow Jesus. Um, I, I think that there's encouragement in that David felt this God's right. beloved King felt this. And not only did David feel this, but, but God's own son, Jesus, our redeemer felt this, but how beautiful is it that we can see looking back that as David is writing these words and feeling this, 
God knew right. that Jesus would fulfill these longings. Jesus would also experience this pain. Right. You know, we, we so often say that, you know, Jesus was tempted and didn't sin. Jesus experienced, um, you know, hardship and, and difficulty. And that's why he put on humanity right. so that, that, you know, we know that we have a God of, of grace because God experienced what we experience. But how beautiful is it that Jesus literally experienced these words that David wrote. Right. And, and David was writing here, we believe, metaphorically in a lot of ways. Jesus literally had lots cast for his garments. He was stripped naked and he was hung up as, as a spectacle and had scoffers and enemies right. kind of, kind of uh, you know, looking at him in, in his pain and in his shame and his embarrassment. How, how wonderful is our God that God sent his son in mercy to experience the, the awfulness that we do as humans, right. but without sin and to bring victory from that. That's so encouraging to me to know that Jesus did that for us. Right. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we think that our despair is is not as as big as the despair that David is facing or that Jesus is facing, uh, but it's just as real. Yeah. And it hurts just as much. Yeah. And I, I think that's important to remember. Yeah. Um, we, we don't have to be in the bottom of the pit yeah. to, to feel despair. Yeah. Um, we, we can just be there. It can just be a bad day for us. Yeah. And, you know, David, his, his writings are so interesting because, um, you know, without knowing him personally, obviously, um, he had a flair for the dramatic. I think that would be fair to say about, about King David. Um, his, his personality was one that was, um, you know, kind of, kind of extreme highs and extreme lows. Absolutely. Um, and we see that through, through his story. And then of course, through his writings, which in some way are even more personal, but you know, the 22nd Psalm, what we know from his story was likely not the lowest point in David's life. Right. Um, you know, you go a little bit later, 49, 50th Psalm there, David experiences incredible grief, um, hardship and, and losing a child and, and kind of coming to terms with the, the wreck of his own sin. David experiences, uh, even harder moments than he's writing in here. But when you have a bad day, when, when you have a horrible thing happen, when you're walking through something frustrating or hard, a lot of the times that is the worst day. It is. And, and, and I think that it's, it's encouraging that through scripture, God acknowledges for each of us, hey, you, if you're struggling with something, you don't have to compare your struggle to David or, right. or to me or to you or to Jesus or to anyone because God is a God who is extending his love and his mercy and his grace into whatever we're facing. For you know me as a student pastor, uh, oftentimes I think that a, a place where people fall short in ministering to students is we kind of look down on their struggles. Um, you know, we, we kind of think, well, yeah, you've got to deal with an annoying kid in your biology class, but you know, kid, I've got real problems. Right. right. But for our students, parents, maybe this is an encouragement to you. That is a big deal. It is. That is a frustration. And, and God is a God of, of grace and mercy and love for them in the frustration that is, you know, the biggest, most horrible thing for a 16 year old, for a 40 year old, for a 60 year old, for an 80 year old, in every one of those circumstances, God is a God who is 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 present and loving and, and is offering us grace in those. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm reminded. Uh, 
um, I had a bad week with uh, with my cars. I blew out a tire, and then my wife's battery went dead. Yeah. <laughs> and you know they they tell you you need to have a thousand dollars in savings. And I think today is five thousand. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's true. And and, and you just want to. About the time you 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 think you're getting caught up, you get tossed back down. Yeah. And 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 you know there are just those days like that. And and there's a part of you that wants to say, okay, God, what? what's going on? Yeah. What are you trying to tell me? And it's, of course, it's not the despair that Jesus faces, but you know, for us on a, on a daily basis, it's, that's hard. Yeah. And, and you know, the kids uh, that I teach at, at Campbellsville, you know, they're, they're struggling, you know, yeah. uh, with, with family issues, with, with juggling school at work and children and um, just trying to figure it out. You know, what, what's my purpose in life? Yeah. What am I supposed to do? And, you know, God, when are you going to show me? Yeah. Uh, I, I know you're there, but when are you going to show me? Yeah. So um, I, I think it's so relevant to us today and yeah. speaks so much to us. Certainly. And, you know, we begin to wrap up this discussion in, in looking at, at Psalm 22 and, and Jesus and his experience on the cross. I think the ultimate encouragement in this is the conclusion that the psalmist comes to, of course, the conclusion that we, if you consider yourself a Christian, uh, we have come to, is that even in hardship, even in death, even in frustration and difficulty, there is victory. Right. The psalmist, of course, you, you mentioned it earlier, but kind of comes to this conclusion. Verse 27 of Psalm 22, and all of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord and all the families of the nation shall worship before you for kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. Of course, this is really what we know. David, once again, speaking prophetically of, of Jesus's right. kingship, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, making himself known. David didn't fully understand this. Uh, we, we don't believe, but but speaking of Jesus and, and, and his resurrection that offers us hope and offers us comfort and peace on those hard, difficult days and in the midst of those frustrating circumstances. You know, uh, I, I turn uh, to, to scripture so much in, in hard times and, and Jesus said in, in, in the book of John to expect hardship, to expect difficulty, but to have courage because he's overcome the world. And and I think that as we look to, to wrap up this discussion and in, in kind of looking at these two portions of scripture, it's encouraging to know, yes, that God has had a plan from the very beginning that Jesus fulfilled. Yes, that's encouraging to know. I think it's good for us as followers of Jesus to recognize Jesus placed value on scripture and so should we. We should turn to God's word for, for encouragement and, and for, for correction. We know that. But how, how good is it to know that through Jesus, we can know that there is coming a day where all the nations shall confess his lordship, right. that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords, that he proved it through his, his sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, his ascension to God, that, that Jesus Christ is supreme over all. How encouraging is that yeah. for us to know? Uh, that, that's so true. And it, as bad as our world gets and as bad as, you know, our daily lives may get, um, it's a reminder there's always hope. Yes. Uh, we, we never lose hope yeah. because God is, God is always there. Jesus faced uh, complete uh, abandonment so that uh, we'll never have to face that. Yeah. God is always with us. And, yes. And there is hope. And, and we need to hold on to that yeah. in, in all that we face. Yeah. 
I think that's encouraging. And I hope that you uh, have been encouraged by this discussion today. And of course, if you are here in the Harrodsburg area and, and don't have a church that, we, that you regularly atter- uh, uh, attend, we would love to invite you to be a part of what God is doing here at Harrodsburg Baptist. But if you're listening from another area or God has placed you in another church, we hope that this has been an encouraging discussion around God's word and around uh, the way that, that God works through our lives. And of course, how he fulfilled the, the, the promise of his word through his son. Uh, I want to thank Dr. Valentine for joining us today. Um, of course, uh, he is, is doing excellent work in investing in our community here at, at Campbellsville Harrisburg, and we are, are thankful for that, and we want to honor that and uh, thank God for that. But uh, if we could do anything for you, we would love to uh, have you reach out. You can reach out to us at harrodsburg.church online or social media. You can always visit us here at our uh, address, 312. South Main Street here in Harrisburg. And if there's anything we can do for you, we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to, to help you in any way that we can in in, in your journey towards Jesus. From, for uh, Dr. Valentine, uh, once again, this is David Carpenter, and this has been the Sharing Our Journey podcast, a podcast ministry of Harrisburg Baptist Church.